So welcome to the Scottish Property Podcast, Scotland's most handsome auctioneer, John Morris. <laughs> and a TV celebrity as well. He is, I feel, I feel a wee bit, yeah, he's, he's got us under pressure, hasn't he? John's a regular under the pressure. Home's <laughs> under the hammer, so we're trying to up our game here by bringing him to the, the G4 podcast studio in Wishaw to make him feel like a real celebrity. You'll there be, he is. You'll be used to all these uh, lights and cameras, mate. That's it, it's just my bedroom usually. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know about the tripod, mate. <laughs> so tell the listeners, you know, a bit about your background because, you know, you're an investor at heart and it's not just property, you know, you like whiskies and watches and, and property. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your background. Well, I, I studied uh, property development and valuation at university. So There's a course for that. There is a course, <laughs> believe it or not. So I was when I was leaving school, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. My dad's a property lawyer and he's like, trust me, He's like, go do property. That's that's what you'll be good at. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. So I, I studied at Edinburgh Napier. Uh, so moved away to Edinburgh, studied it, which the, the term study is hilarious because I think I had like three times I had to go in to university a week. And then one of the courses, and I remember it always, my lecturer, Alison Andrews, she was amazing. She was, that was fantastic. Was like, How do you value your property? She's like, so you phone one of your mates who works at another surveying firm and you say, you valued that house at X. What, what did somebody offer on it? Because this was before home reports and everything like that. So somebody would offer on a house, then the surveyor would go out and they'd be like, okay, that's £100,000. And then you would go out and value it. So you phone someone else. So I was like, so you're telling me that I'm studying to do a job all I have to do is phone people and ask them how much things cost. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. I can do that all day. <laughs> what do you think we do as property investors? Exactly. So I, I think I, I qualified um, from university about 2011, which is probably not the best time to be coming out of university wanting a property job. Mm. So with the, the, the steer was to go in and be a surveyor. So go in, get um, Rick's charter chip and, and then be a surveyor. But I was going into jobs and they were like, we've just laid off X amount of people. It's like, you can come in, work as an intern and you'll get paid nothing for a year. Then we'll take you on and you'll get 16 grand on the basis that you go up to 18 after a couple of years. And then you go up to 24. And I was like, I spent the fucking university for four years. Correct. I mean, I had <laughs> grand aspirations of, oh, we earn 50 grand a year straight out of university. Well, you're not trying to be a doctor here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's property, that's the thing. When, when uh, you think about property, you, you think, think people, people, well, mm. people have a lot of money doing all these things. How did you get on at university, Stephen? <laughs> I lasted six months. <laughs> I didn't even get in. Good job. We've never had this conversation before. Uh, back to your right. So, so, you came, out. so came out and then effectively I worked in a restaurant and put up marquees and rode rickshaws all while doing an internship for an auction house because I couldn't, couldn't get a job doing um, surveying effectively. So I just worked one day a week working for, for an auction house, did that for a year, and then eventually they were like, do you want a job? And I was like, oh, no, I just like working here one day a week for free. And they were like, are you joking? I was like, of course I'm joking, like, hire me right now. <laughs> um, so worked there for going on 11 years mm-hmm. and then um, set up my own company uh, last last year which is and you worked your way up in, uh, in the, the, the corporate so I actually started um, as a sales executive just answering phone calls doing general admin then opened up um, uh, the Edinburgh office from there and and then took over running all of the offices from it so it was really a baptism of fire it was kind of like oh yeah can you do this yes 
I can. It's one of those things if you ever get asked to do something you don't think you can do it. Just say yes. Just say yes. And figure out the fuck figure out. Figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. And especially, I mean, in property, it's 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 all about having your knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the, the better it is. Mm. So that's just a time thing. The more deals you do, yeah. ultimately you know that, okay, that property will sell for this, that property will sell for this. That's the rental. Okay, maybe it should be a little bit higher. So it's just building up your own Rolodex in your head of what's actually going to sell, what something should be worth. Okay, that maybe doesn't need as big a refurb to get a tent in it and stuff like that. So, so, so when did that click for you then for investments or something you've always been interested in? It's something I've always been in, mm. interested in. I mean, from when I was younger, going in summers, washing cars just to get some money to to then go buy things. And it was always like the entrepreneurial spirit of, okay, you need to have money mm. to do things. And there was, um, through uni, it was always like, I want to have money. I don't want to, be broke the whole time so it was like how do you have money you start looking at people with money they've got property they've got stocks and shares like and and all that suits so and then with people who are it and invest they've got nice cars they've got nice watches why do they invest in all these things and then from there it kind of branches out so, so I, what was the first asset class you went into then Cash, if you can call it an asset <laughs> class. Would you call it an asset um, class? I think, I think an ISA. I think mm-hmm. Stocks and Shares ISA was the first first one I delved into. Right. So it was just something that you could buy in regularly. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. I know that I'm supposed to invest. I don't have a lot to invest. But if I just put 50 quid a month, when I didn't, I didn't have any money, it was like yeah, 50 yeah. quid a month, and just do that. It's like taxed myself. Mm-hmm. And I just did that. What age were you when you were doing that then? I think I started when I was 20. Right. So 20. So this is the thing. Last year of university, I used to, my dad would give me an allowance um, and then I would work doing my rickshaws and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I've got all my, my play money, but I'm just going to, I'm going to put this away. And it was actually one of my um, flatmates at uni. So he, he worked all the time while, while doing full-time course. And that's what he did. He was like, okay, I've got my rent money and I've got my play money, but he would actually tax himself at the, at the start of the month. Mm-hmm. He was like, I get paid and then I put this away. And I was like, why'd you do that? And his dad was a very uh, successful investor himself. And he was like, oh, my dad always said this, compounded interest. And I was like, oh. So then it was like, you start you start making a little bit of money. And I was like, okay, I'll increase that. I'll increase that, I'll increase that. And then- It's quite a good lesson to learn early on, isn't it? Well, this is it. I couldn't, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great thing to know because you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if somebody tells you something, you go, okay, that's it. But the whole idea of, I mean, property itself is, is a great way to build wealth but I don't see it as a, as a fast track way to make a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you need to, obviously you want to be trading your time effectively to make money and then whatever you make, you need to keep that money. Mm-hmm. So by keeping it, you invest in things that are going to bring you yeah. either, you can you can sell fairly liquid. Um, that's why I like watches, because if you buy a watch, ultimately if you need to sell it, you can find a buyer for a watch mm-hmm. like in a day, mm-hmm. really. And nine out of ten times, depending on the watch, you can either sell it for a profit or at least sell it for the same value. Opposed to if you buy into stocks and shares, they're up and down. Yeah. So if you've bought in at the peak of the market and then you need to sell it for whatever reason and it's taking a dip, then you're like, oh shit, I've just lost 20%, but I need that money. Mm-hmm. So I think about that quite a lot, you know, when I see on Instagram these rooms full of young 
it's usually males, you know, in their early 20s and they're doing the property courses and all that. And, you know, they think they're going to get into property just to make loads of money. You know, they must be quickly quite disappointed when they realise that the, you know, their flat, the average kind of buy to let property is probably netting about two to three hundred pounds a month. Do you know what I mean? They think they're going to live off that. So, And, and this is the thing. And it's also, I mean, deal sourcing is a, is a great way. To, to trade and, and make good capital but it's also it's hard to find a deal mm-hmm. as we all know it's like a good deal it's easy to sell but it's the ones that are the, the middle of the road okay it's it's an average one you would probably have in your portfolio at the start of your your um, venture into property but the um, experienced investors don't want them anymore so those are the kind of deals that tend to kick about off market with the deal sourcers so I mean I've always dealt with deal sources insofar as I like people who are interested in the same thing as me and deal sources tend to know they've gone and they've met somebody and they're like, oh, I've got a mate that's selling a property but they can't sell it. And I'm like, well, I can help do that and then we'll we pay referral fees to do so. It's like, you don't have a network. It's like, fair enough, you, mm. you've got 10 people that might buy a property but they want it for 20 grand less than the person's going to accept. And you've got one for 10 grand. Exactly. It, yeah. So it's one of those things, it's like, if you market the property with an investment specialist, which is what I see auction almost as, it's, it's not so much a the, the dilapidated stock that everybody sees it as, it's more a trading platform for investors who want to sell their investment properties to another investor mm-hmm. because you don't want to have the, the people wasting your time with, oh, I want to, get it subject to mortgage or subject to roof report, subject to my granny like in the back garden, like whatever it is. It's like, no, an investor goes, right, I can buy it for a hundred grand. I know the rent's going to be 800 pounds a month. There's already a certain tenant in it. Okay, who's the letting agent? Okay, can I speak to the letting agent? Go speak to them. Oh, it's, everything's paid and up to date. Fair go. Okay, do you want to make an offer? Yes or no? Because that's the price. Oh, well, I don't know if I'll get a mortgage. Well, you can go get your mortgage in principle, why wouldn't you get a mortgage? Oh, what about this, what about that? Well, speak to your mortgage advisor. That's, that's the most important thing. Whereas on, with an estate agent, you might get somebody who's non-committal and mm-hmm. they want to invest in property, but maybe they don't actually have enough money to put down, but they, they know, and then they can tell them, ah, oh, put an offer in a property, but I fell through. Mm-hmm. Fell through. Oh, it's just fell through at the last minute. I, why did it fall through? Because you don't have any money. Yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no... The there's an easy entry point into offering an estate agent You've, you're, you're getting no uh, criteria they're not putting any barriers in your way they're just I going, was told offer. I don't need any money to get to buy be buying property <laughs> which is hilarious you don't need any of your own money borrow money from somebody else we kind of fast forwarded there because like going back to your kind of early days out, you know yeah. your, your work for the auction uh, auction company who was it you work for? Future right in Edinburgh was it? And you kind of so I start I started in in Glasgow and then they opened up the Edinburgh office which I opened up. So you spent a bit of time there. Yeah. What did you kind of get from that? I mean, obviously you run your own business now. What did that give you in those early days? Um, you know, what did you learn? Was that good? You know, we see so many people come to us on Instagram saying, "How can I get involved in property? How can I get involved in property?" You know, they just want a fast track to be the property investor, but. You know, getting yourself actually a job in the sector. First of all, I always believe, and Stephen mm. has talked about it before as well. I think it's really valuable. I what think, did I you mean, I'm, I, as I say, I worked there for a year just as an intern, right? Just going around and then being around and in the company. Mm. Um, a lot of, that was back in the day when you did like live auctions. Um, so evening auctions go around and speaking to 
investors, why did you buy that? And just like having general chats with people, which was really good. I mean, ultimately, it's a, it's a sales job. I mean, that's that's what you can, you either have it or you don't, I think, when it comes to sales, because it's conversations. I mean, you can get somebody who's socially awkward, mm-hmm. you can, or scared of the phone. It's like, can you phone that person? Oh, what happens? It's like, what happens if what? If they tell you they don't want to buy it, then they don't want to buy it. What's the big deal? So I was very, I mean, I, I'll talk to anybody and my wife hates it. She's like, we go away on holiday and she's like, can we please <laughs> set just, just tonight. not meet some new people today? And I'm already like, oh, but I met Davey. Like, oh, you know, oh, you're doing a deal with him. She's like, it's like, oh no, this, I was like, oh, he's into whiskey as well and he likes his watches. She's like, so am I going to see you at all this holiday? I was like, well, me and Davey are going to go try some nice whiskeys and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But I think it's, it's important to get experience mm-hmm. and whatever you want to do and get in front of the people that you want to, um, that are in the same sector and just learn that way. I mean, time is is the best thing to learn. So and, and that's the thing. See if it's not like an amazing salary, then I think it's just the, the actual experience and the connections that you'll make. Well, later yeah. on that will sit. That'll that'll last you well. It's, it's like doing your first flip. If you want to do your first flip, people want to go. Oh, but I saw on Instagram Stephen Clark made forty fifty grand face first flip. You don't need to make fifty grand. Make ten grand. Make eight grand. Fucking they, just go and get the experience. You either earn or you learn. Mm-hmm. So it's if you're not earning good money, you need to be learning a lot. Yeah. And if you're not learning anything because you've kind of plateaued, you better be earning a good salary yeah, yeah. because at which point that kind of covers it. At yeah. which point, okay, I'm earning good money. How do then I, I can, you can go on a course mm-hmm. and learn more with the money you're earning mm-hmm. or you use that money to invest to make you more money. They used to have a bad reputation, future prop, ah, they, they probably still do to be fair. Um, um, I remember having that conversation with you a few years ago talking about it and you were like, yeah, we just need to try and change future's perception of it because it was the way they marketed, uh, obviously talking about a selling point of view and I remember your uh, uh, you're fucking was just a brilliant the comeback on it was you know there's a property first alien I gave you an example and it was like how creatively they word the sales marketing on an auction site and then you just threw it right back at me and goes oh what a property investor not doing their own due diligence on a property they're buying like fucking that's their job and I thought Do you know what it's fucking spot on people bitch and moan about auction houses and good all but it's, it's not false information they're, they're Painting the truth in a better light. Of course, there, there's. It's their job to sell that property. But this is the thing. I mean, I think auctions do get a, a, a negative. Um, or people view auctions very negatively. But it's one of those things that people will go to auction because they want the property sold, mm-hmm. and they want it sold as quickly and for for the best possible price as possible. So it's one of those things. It's putting putting a property on the market and showing, okay, this is on a good street. Mm-hmm. There's sales having to do so. This property needs uh, renovated. So. That's why you as an investor, that's where you can add the value. If you can find a property in a good location that's maybe needing a full refurb, you want to buy that property on the basis it's on a good street because mm-hmm. then you can then drive up the value. You, the, the light on your point there, I mean, you do get a lot of people that are serious investors that do have cash to spend that are put off by buying from auction mm. because there is this negative perception of oh I'm worried I'm going to get ripped off or I know such and such or you know that didn't you know they didn't get the solicitor to read the legal pack and all the rest of it and I went on the Google reviews and they've been totally slated and I couldn't get my deposit back and all the rest of it I mean obviously with risk comes reward but you know it's, maybe- probably, a good, it's probably a good question for John actually to maybe even let's get them to explain it for the listeners like maybe like the process of auction from a seller's point of view and a yeah. buyer's point of view and like what the process is and it might make people more comfortable about 
entering into an auction from a buyer well, or a seller. The thing is, if you're a seller at auction, I mean, you, what you're getting is the terms and conditions that come with an auction sale. Fair enough, you might have to take a little bit of discount in the price of the home for it's mm-hmm. 100,000. The general sale price is about 10 to 15% below, depending on the property. I mean, I have sold properties for, for 20% over home report value. I mean, we just sold one um, last week in Bridgeton, had a home report value of 50, and we sold it for 62. Can you sell mine for over 20% over asking for I'll, I'll try, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. So, <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the terms are obviously, once a buyer comes in, they're paying a 10% deposit plus fees, and their completion is 28 days or six weeks, eight weeks, whichever's agreed. Because yeah. if you're bidding in the actual live, auction <clears throat> it's 28 days that's the, the standard contract some clients will put in 14 days wh- whatever it is so if you turn around and say John I want to sell this property can we put a 14 day completion yeah. in of course you can but if a buyer comes to you and says right I'm interested in this property I want to offer in it before auction I can't complete in 28 days you're just going to go back to the seller and say they're going to complete in six weeks, eight weeks. I'll give you, yeah, that's... And that's exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's why it's, it's very important for um, when you're selling a property for a client that you do get all the information. So the contracts from the solicitor, the title deeds and, and the home report. So then you can provide all that to the prospective mm-hmm. buyers. And it's it's like anything in, in business. It's like dealing with other people. You're constantly waiting. Okay, I'm waiting on that person. Give me that. That person's waiting on that person giving you that. So sometimes it's like... as auction chasing <laughs> yeah you're so you're, there's somebody chasing somebody who's chasing somebody who's chasing somebody but at auction somebody wants the property sold yesterday mm. nine out of ten times mm. so it's like okay we can put it on the market and it's like well can we get a legal pack we're still waiting that from the solicitor and then you phone the seller and the seller's like oh, i haven't actually spoke to my solicitor yet it's like can you do that because they're not going to give yeah. me the information so what's the benefits of selling as from a seller's point of view selling at auction as opposed to selling an estate agent the, the main thing as i say is the majority of the people that are selling are investors mm-hmm. so it's the security that you get from the deposit being paid by yeah. the buyer it's a serious buyer it's actually a serious buyer you're not getting the, the tire kickers yeah. and they've actually i mean they've got money invested at that point mm-hmm. so if they don't complete then you're, you've had maybe you've had your time wasted, but you get the deposit mm-hmm. out of that. So I mean, I think um, I previously sold a, yeah. a property for your brother, yeah. and that happened. It was like so um, somebody bought it; they couldn't get a mortgage. We gave them enough time to get the mortgage. Every time I sell a property, you John, I want the fucking buyer to pull it. I'm like, just go and pull it because you're giving away a ten percent discount to get the property sold by a certain tenant or whatever the issue may be. But you know, if they if they put a ten percent deposit and then pull out, well, you've got the ten percent back. And if you sell it at ten percent discount, you still got your market value from it. And I think that's where people or property professionals won't realise that there's an opportunity to sell at auction that gives you that bit of guarantee, that bit of... And that's uh, the thing, it really is, it's finding people that actually want to buy the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you obviously, estate agents deal with deal sources. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll make you an offer of this. And then, so they'll offer on that property. On So I've, no, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a property for £100,000. Now I'm going to scurry around and try and find an investor who wants to buy this property and for £100,000 in charge of fee. Whereas if I'm dealing with a deal sourcer... I said, okay, you know what's a deal sourcer? Yeah, well, I'm also yeah. going, well, if you want to buy this, you have to pay a deposit. Well, it's not actually me that's going to be buying it. Well, do you know who's buying it yet? <laughs> well, I'll find them. Go find them first. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, how right. many, I could, as I said, yep. I could go and offer on a property at Reddy's or any other high street estate agent mm. and say, okay, I want this, but it's subject to me getting a mortgage and a roof report. And I know I'm, I want to sell that because it's maybe one of my investors might want to buy that. And then at which point the investor doesn't want to buy it. So I'm going, okay, I'll find another investor. And you just, a deal source will kick that up the park until eventually they go, 
oh, I can't buy it. Mm. And, can't. and the seller in the meantime is getting pissed about exactly. for months. Because this is the agent. Like I've spoke to, I've spoke yeah. to the, the, the offering party. He's, he's, he's just waiting on this coming through. He's just waiting on that coming through. You're finding 99.9% of the estate agents don't know what a deal source is. So, mm. so they'll have they'll take that on face value that someone's came in, yeah, my cash buyer, gave it all the fucking chat, went in and made an offer on the property. The property gets taken off the market or it gets under offer and then they piss about for months and months and mess the seller about. But I like at auction, most auctioneers that you speak to actually understand the property investment industry so they know that are you a deal sourcer or you up, is this a buyer for exactly. you oh well if the person's up front me and say I'm a deal sourcer you can work with them they still get the, still, still get the same result for the, the seller yeah and, and this, this is the thing I know as a buyer as well you're getting that security of okay so it's not part of a chain mm-hmm. so it's like you buy it and then it's like okay I'm paying the deposit I've got to complete on this day so yeah. it's, it's the same thing so at least you've got the guaranteed sale post if you make an offer and it's somebody living in there and you know you want to do it up and then put it on the buy to let market but that person the, the house they're moving into that falls out of bed then so it's it's, it's usually it's chain free at auction so it's kind of it's tit for tat it's like I'm putting down this money and I've got you've got it for a good deal nine out of ten times so you're getting that discounts you've already built in a little bit of equity to your initial purchase but you've got to complete within the 28 days, six weeks, whatever it is. So it's what you find in the reasons then that people are coming to you to sell in auction. So obviously I'm the most handsome auctioneer. Now. That's, that's, that's the main reason. As you stated at the start. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, well, if you, if you're not in, there's no question that. If, if you're not into big, tall, bearded guys, <laughs> then what other reasons would you come to yourself? The, the, the main reason is, I mean, I am an investor and I, I'm looking at the property as, okay, well, what, what is it that we need to get this sold to somebody else who's actually going to want to buy it? Especially over the last two years. So people have bought properties for maybe £80,000 and the rent was £600 a month. So the yield on that is, what, say, eight. 8%, 9%, something like that. So it's a good return. Those properties that are wor- were worth £80,000 are now worth one hundred and twenty, but the rent's gone up to six two five a month. So as an investor, obviously you're going, but it's worth one hundred and twenty five. It's like, okay, well, kick the tenant out, sell it vacant as a house, mm-hmm. it's worth one hundred and twenty five. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand as an investor, if you were buying this property right now, you'd be paying that would, money for Would it. you pay 125 grand for this house on the basis that it's got a tenant and it's 625? No, exactly. So then at which point it's the cash rich investors are going to get the better deals because they know, well, actually, I can buy that property that's worth a little bit more for a better discount. For the yeah. better discount, mm-hmm. and I'll just keep that equity in there. Because obviously, I mean, wealth is re- in properties made from buying maybe more expensive properties and then compounding at a higher rate than buying the, the lower mm. value properties. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is that usually, like, you know, there's a people are usually in a, a financial position where they need to, to exit quite quickly. Um, you you know, can direct this question to me, but I've just listed two properties with John for a complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, there you go. Like, um, so, 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 yeah, one was one of the second or third last properties in my personal name sitting tenant in place we've obviously got the eviction ban mm-hmm. the rent freeze it's just one that doesn't suit my portfolio right now and I'm like right that's time to get rid of it um, so that's that's completely an auction buy as well and other ones in a limited company that have sold one or John sold one um, last year for me and there's one more remaining property in that limited company the quicker I get rid of that property that company gets closed down um, mm-hmm. it's a currency fee so yeah just it's a, uh, 
Aye, there's, there's reasons to that that make sense. Thing, that I could mean, be on I old market. I think the, the perception of people selling at auction is always, oh no, it's something there's wrong something with, wrong yeah, with something it. wrong with the property. But I mean, that's why, I mean, I, I go and speak to people that have got property and I go, it's not that. If, you, if you're selling a property, you've got a figure that you want for it. Mm-hmm. So that's a reserve price. There you go. So I know a reserve price to sell a property at. Therefore, when I'm speaking to someone, oh, I've only got 80 grand. Well, the reserve's higher than that. I'll maybe give you 90. The reserve's higher than that. And it's like, uh, it's a game you play. Whereas if you're speaking to an estate agent and you want to buy something, oh, well, what do they want? They want as much as they can get. And that's the thing. It's like, how many times have you spoken to an estate agent? Well, what, what, what's the client actually wanting here? What can, I mean, I'm an investor. I want to buy this property and I'm yeah. going to do this. Estate agents don't care, do they? Mm. It's like, they want as much as they want for it. Mm-hmm. Which is, which, which is great. That's why you're using a state agent when you're selling a house. Yeah. They'll see, they'll your see house. it through their lens. It's, it's, their, it's their profession. But exactly. we're in a completely different profession. And uh-huh. I think um, nine out of ten times, it's, it's just somebody that's got a tenanted property that knows they want to sell it to an investor. Because if you go on a stage and I've got a tenanted property, they go, kick the tenant out. We can now. We can't, <laughs> can't kick the tenant out. So, so uh, you noticing that as a huge... Influx of properties coming onto the auction sites right now as tenanted properties, is that? I mean, I've always really dealt with, yeah. with tenanted properties anyway because I like buying tenanted properties mm. and I like s- selling them because it's, it's instant. instant cash yeah. flow. And it's like, okay, you as a standard, you get a little bit of discount from it. So if you're buying property and you're wanting to hold it for the long term, then it's like, okay, you know that it's going to go up in value mm. over, the t- over the piece and you've got that instant cash flow. I mean, I've got a property on our, our books at the moment. The tenant's been in there since 2011. Like, that's their home. Mm. Like, they ain't ever leaving. They've got three kids. The rent could be a little bit higher, but again, it was always one of those things. That is, that, is that affecting the price right now that you're getting you're, you're getting auction? Because obviously, like, kind of chatting with Mark Chatter before on the, on the market update, you've got a rent... Ca- a rent ca- a rent cap where you can't put the rent up which traditionally rents have fallen behind so, yeah. so when I'm looking at uh, auction uh, tenanted properties it's a fucking six I'm looking at it and I'm like whoa that rent is really far behind what do I do there to get that working again as a good investment it's probably a long term this is where you or us as investors think you've got to put your thinking cap on and mm. like think a little bit outside the box how can I do that so do you buy a property that you've got somebody in there and then you try and buy a vacant property it's like okay we can move them mm. out mm. into this one and it's like we'll do you the rate of this but we want to do a refurb on that property and then you can put that property back out at the higher rent mm. I mean it's one of those yeah. they, they can turn around and say we don't want to move yeah just it's yeah. a risk no. and, I'm, and I'm that's just, the thing like, I'm thinking like, about one of the ones I've just listed with you like I mean it's it's probably 50 quid 75 quid 100 quid below market value rent but that, that stacks up that shit yield mm. so like you say the home report's higher prepared to give away a discount on it to get rid of it because it suits my criteria if I'm mm. releasing 40, 50 grand a cash in my own name to put in a limited company where the mortgage rate's going to go up and I'm only going to now cash flow 150 quid rather than 400 quid a month mm. then that's a, that's a change in my circumstances to sell it on but the, the person that's buying that needs to think a little bit outside the box and go, well, okay, that rent roll, if I was using it for a yield, it's not that great. How do I, how do I increase that? How do I get that up to then, market it, value in? And it is one of those things, looking at a property, it's like, okay, well, the rent is undervalued at the moment. How long will it take me to get it back up to market rent? At which point I bought it for a discount because it is yeah. low rent. That's your pain point, isn't it? For, as an investor, exactly. buy, so buying that. I think it's a lot of people, I mean, the sexy, the BRRRs, mm. and it's like, I want to buy this, the under market value, yeah. give me that. And it's like, well, well, you fucking work for that. Exactly. Buying, I mean, I am not a big fan of mm. BRRs because it's, it's time, like, 
of actually having to deal with builders and finding the deal and all that stuff. I'd rather buy a turnkey investment mm -hmm. that I know yields well mm -hmm. and I just forget about it. Give the keys to letting agent. I mean, I, if I'm buying a property, I buy it off the numbers. I mean, I, I use um, Diary Co. So Sam mm -hmm. is, is a friend mm -hmm. and he manages a lot of my... <laughs> 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 and so he manages a lot of my properties and I bought one and um, he phoned me up. He went and do, did the inspection and he was like, you haven't been in that property, have you? And yep. I was like, oh my God, why? What's wrong with it? And he was like, it's actually quite good. And I was like, why would you phone me to tell me that? And he was yeah. like, I just know you don't go into them. So uh, I think it's funny to wind you up. I said, like, you're a bastard. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you'll, you'll do the same as the folk that buy, you know, a property from you that don't read the legal, legal pack, but you'll be the same. Well, that, well, this is the thing. I think it's, it, it's t tell me about, I know what you're saying there about, obviously people, there's a lot of perception out there that, you know, a lot of properties and the auctions are fucked or there's like subsidence or issues with the buildings and you've touched on there it's not always the case the properties might be sound it might be a case of you know the, the seller's basically just in a position where he needs to offload but tell me if you get a property that you do know it's knackered mm -hmm. and it's got subsidence and it's fallen down and there's big cracks and there's going to be a substantial cost or there's something hidden in the legal pack that maybe the seller's told you about but if it's, it's not hidden in legal pack if it's, it's in, in the legal, legal pack, pack it's, it's there excuse me yeah. <laughs> it's in the legal pack yeah. right when you're doing the viewing and you get you know a kind of like young couple that are clearly just I mean you'll sense this mm. because you deal with a lot of people and you can tell straight away if people are kind of new to it and they go in there, they're like, you know, I'm really excited, going to get our first investment. You know, they've they've really sort of saved up to buy their first property and all the rest of it. And they say they want to buy that. Mm. Is there a moral discomfort there when they put in that offer or they get that offer accepted and you, you know, you don't really know if they've done all their due diligence as the agent as the auctioneer well if, if it's at the auction and it's one of those things you can vet everyone that's bidding on the auction have, have you definitely have you definitely read the legal pack I mean that's why the, the documents are, are there and up mm. front it's for somebody to do their own due diligence so at which point your job as an auctioneer is to, to sell the property. Get the best price. Um, so at which point, if someone turns around and they've not read the legal pack and there's there's a bill on it, it it's it's not it's not ideal and it's it's, it's unfortunate um, when it happens because it, it does happen. People just bid and oh, I've got a great deal. Yeah. And they've, and they've they've either they've not instructed a solicitor on the basis that they've thought I'll save five hundred a thousand pounds not having a solicitor read over the legal pack I also can't give if it's something's in the legal pack I can't give legal advice they have what, yeah. I, what, what I'm saying is like you know, you're at the start of you know you've not been going that long running your own business mm. and all that obviously you want to build up a good reputation mm. so obviously you're doing okay. viewings and stuff like that yeah, and people are asking questions how yeah, much do you well, develop you, this is the thing if you know there's a there's a, a statutory notice on the building you, you're you're you have to disclose that, right. um, but some getting the actual exact figure yeah. out of the factor is damn near impossible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the sellers will be very blasé yeah. about it. But as long as you know, it's I just mean, not your job yeah. either. Obviously, if you've got it and you say, well, there is, there's an outstanding uh, notice on this building. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of the description. Yeah. That's yeah. What the we auctioneers, and, okay. uh, yeah. they're they're. They're effectively the client of the seller, mm. not the buyer. Mm. It's the buyer's it's the buyer's perspective to do their due diligence instruct a lawyer, mm. have the right knowledge and experience to ask the right questions. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming what Nick's maybe asking is if you're in the property and there's a bit of damp or something, they say, oh, is there any damp? You know, it's not your job to go and say, yeah, there's a bit of damp in that corner there, go and check it out, right. get investigated. You're but not there. That's the thing as well, with the majority of properties, they've got home reports on them. Aye. There you go. You, you put on the slits and stuff, yeah. 
what like you know you've bought auction and all the rest of it like what if somebody's buying an auction right you're not going to potentially getting a solicitor involved to d- read the legal pack on every single property so I've got a business partner like Sam Dyer <laughs> he's a pervert that loves reading fucking legal packs at night <laughs> you know somebody starting out you know do you pay a solicitor if you're seriously going to bid on that even yeah that, that could be quite a wasted expense well, not For, wasted but costly but there, there's a conversation not, had it's like and that's like what you want to qualify the buyer because yeah. right. I will ask yeah. I mean, have you bought before <laughs> have you bought before have you have you got cash is this your first investment and mm. I've told clients before look I don't think this one is for you mm. given the issues with it yeah. because right. it's it's one of those things if you've got a full refurb and it's going to be your first investment right. that could be your last investment because you're like Oh my God! We didn't know where to start. We, yeah. we, we took we took down the wall, and then it was like there's just one that, thing. That's after quite another refreshing after to hear mm. because there is other companies out mm. there that won't go to that kind of mm. won't have that discussion. And that's what I was kind of uh, yeah yeah. At. I get what you mean. I, I, I suppose the the Paul the point to listeners is don't buy an auction for your first fucking property, or, or it could be a turnkey. It's probably not. You're probably generalising that, but I like you say if if something's a fucking complete. Speak to your solicitor yeah. and get them to speak to the auctioneer. Because mm. I mean, I'll speak to solicitors and they know all the questions to ask. Yeah. Then we can give them the, the, the details of it. I mean, I just sold a portfolio in Perth and that's the, the person that bought that, he instructed as a solicitor and it, was, it wasn't even a registered title, so it was old Sazian's title. And I just liaised directly with the solicitor mm-hmm. because this person didn't know the questions to ask. His solicitor did. Yeah. And then I, I um, had the conversations with him and explained it. And it's one of those things that this is the thing. I don't want to be an auctioneer who's just going to sell any, any old yeah. um, shit to anybody it's like you want yeah. you want to be selling investments to for good investments to and getting people that are actually they're aware of the issues and the okay that's why they're buying it at that mm. price sometimes you're going to pay too much though because mm. it's an auction you get carried away there's not somebody yeah. else who wants to bid and then you pay a little bit more than maybe you should have but that's an auction have you had to say have you had sellers come to you that have not that if known fine well there's an issue with the property and they just get you to sell it without telling you. Like, so again, that, that comes into the questions that I ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always, like, when setting up Prime, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's a reputation thing and we want to we want to do the best for our sellers and, and for the buyers, ultimately. So um, I haven't had an experience of yeah. somebody going, no, there's nothing wrong with the property. And I'm like, well... Looks like it's about to fall over. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. saying. It's like it's just a little bit leaky. I'm like, there's no roof on this property. But no, no, not 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 as not at the moment. Uh, no, that is interesting. And I suppose you know, start, starting the business, you, you're going to you want to have reoccurring sellers and reoccurring buyers. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so where where are you at now? Obviously, because you you know, there's a lot of auction companies out. Well, not a lot, but there's quite a few in Scotland. So how do you feel that you differ to the rest? Why would I, you know? Well, I mean, the, the main thing is it's me and uh, my business partner, Lewis, and, and we're both investors. So we know um, what what things are worth. And this is the thing. It's like, okay, what is it worth and what somebody will pay for it mm-hmm. are, t- are two, two different co- things. Two completely mm-hmm. different things. So it's like, okay, I mean, we, we had a client um, who, <laughs> I feel sorry for the, the, the builder on this one because she a burst pipe and then so it ruined the entire flat. And then... She was like, oh, I just need to sell it. Oh, no, this, this is terrible. And she accepted an offer for, for £50,000, a verbal offer from, from the plumber. He's like, I'll buy it off you. And I, I, she, was, she was like, oh, no, can you come in? And I was like, look, I will get you 
over £80,000 for this property. No problem. She's like, are you sure? I was like, I guarantee it. And she's like, oh, and then somebody, somebody else offered her 65 And I was like, look, I will sell this for more money. I, I, I promise you, it's, it's not going to be an issue. And we put it, up, put it on the market, sold it in a day. And she was like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I was going to sell it for £50,000. So again, it's one of those things that as an investor, mm-hmm. you would want to be buying that at the 50 grand. Yippee, I've just won a yeah, watch. Yeah. But for the client, like she would have sold it anywhere between that. Mm-hmm. And we've got we've got effectively over 30 grand more, more. Than, she, than she was willing to accept. So it's getting good results for clients like that. Mm-hmm. Do you offer them an option where you guys will buy the property as well? Or does everything go... I mean, so, so it's one of those things that if, if someone was like, I, I would want I want to sell this immediately, it's okay, well, we could buy it, mm. but we, we would recommend selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it's one of those things that I would always recommend having the property sold at the auction because yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those, you get a, you get a better result for Best it. price. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. But then some you know, seller's circumstances might be different where they just need to sell it within a couple of days somebody that's there that's to spoke to cash quickly yeah yeah. I like it, I like it. Keep, it keep it arm's length yeah. and it's like if you're coming to me f- to have it sold at auction I'll sell it at auction mm. for you I mean I, I buy from, from other agents so yeah. as I say I want a, a turnkeys <laughs> turnkey yeah. investments I mean I've so got some HMOs I like student rentals mm. that's kind of my bag so if somebody came to me and was like I've got a, a student rental in the west end of Glasgow and I, I want it sold and I want this price and I'd be like mm. okay I would, I'll buy it off you for this price but as I say the majority of times that people when they're coming to sell it the job is put it on the market get it sold at auction for the client and with your own investing then obviously you just touched on that like where are you at with building your own portfolio do you have a kind of goal in mind where you want to get to with that and it's quite interesting speaking to you because we don't speak to a lot of people who really diversify too much a lot of people like <clears throat> well, I know myself I put all my eggs in one basket with the property stuff and now I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute here, I'm quite heavily exposed to all this government stuff and mm-hmm. this, you know, I need to start maybe looking into stocks and shares and all the rest of it. So what's your kind of long-term investing strategies and goals? So I was always, I wanted to get to 100 properties for just, for that was like, in my head, I was like, what are 100 properties? And then um, just when I was employed, it was like, okay, well, how do you get to, to do that? Obviously, when you've got the portfolio, once you've got more, it builds quicker. But then it's like, actually you want to be trading your time more effectively for money. So that's why I set up the business because it was like, if I if I own the business, I can make more money and with more money, I can then buy more property and it, it happens quicker. Um, the diversified thing is like, I've always liked to have little pots here and there mm-hmm. just for security more than anything else. I mean, everyone talks about it and the finance sector. It's like, you want to have an emergency fund. So whether or not you've got some emergency fund in cash, some in a stocks and shares eyes, and then watches, whiskies, whatever it is. I mean, whiskey is a good investment class because it's it's um, free of capital gains tax. So if you've got four or five thousand pounds, you can't buy a property with that. But what you can do is you can put that away mm-hmm. for three years, and then that maybe turn into seven, eight, nine, ten thousand pounds. At which point, then you can put tax that free. towards yeah you've got tax free investment and then you could potentially put that towards a buy to let while your buy to lets are, are ticking in the background so it's investing is, is making your money move forward as effectively as possible and if you've got lots of little pots here and there that's good but you want to have a big pot I mean that's that's the thing if you've got if you're heavily invested in property it's better because if you're not touching actually the capital at mm. all that's, that's ticking in you can buy a property and buy one every year 
and then one every year turns to two every year, two every year turns to three every year, then three every year turns to one every month. And it's and it's that rolling thing. So if you want to really focus in on it, then then it's a great way. Um, done any of the crypto then? I did, I did, yeah. Uh, crypto was a bit of fun mm-hmm. <laughs> while it lasted. I actually managed to, to sell out um, and it paid for my bathroom in my, my new house, right. uh, which which was good. So I've still, I've still got some exposure because I'm a bit, it's like I would rather have some money invested in crypto and mm. it go to nothing uh, than have nothing uh-huh. invested in it and it go to the moon. And then you go and sat there like, oh, mm. I had a thousand pounds in Bitcoin, now it's at a billion. Like oh good, mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those like I'd yeah. rather I'd rather be invested in it, but I this I mean less than one percent of my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So. I've just not been able to see past property for so long, and then it's now with the interest rates that have really made me think. Do you know what I mean? And look at other options like stocks and shares and all the rest of it, and why well, was commercial I, property and stuff? I like suppose that. while inflation is still fucking really high. And even if rates are going up to four or five percent in the mortgage, inflation's still more than double. Mm. So it's, it's still got still a still a great asset class to be involved in, and the fact it's cash on every month. One of one of my um, one of my flatmates at university, one of my groomsmen at my wedding, he's um, he's in finance and he worked for a financial advisor. And I was talking to him. He's like, "Go speak to his his old boss." And he basically just set me up. He's like, "Look," and it's a work backwards thing. So if you're like. And what do you, what do you want? It's like when do you want to retire? All these things, and he set that out for me. So I actually started investing in my SIP and my ISA well before I bought my first property. I mean, I was obviously in the property game, and I knew that that was the goal. But I was like, okay, well, this is a long term thing, and it's a backup plan of what happens if you you can't get the property. It takes longer. It's like again, it's just the the slow, steady wealth generation that needs to happen and then we, when you're 50 you're like oh all that years and years of just boring just putting it in has, has just because it's like once the first 100 is the most difficult mm. and then after that it's like okay if you're getting 10% on 100 grand mm. every year if you get 10 grand for doing nothing I've done a compound calculator on my SAS pension it's set up a year ago you're in a bit ago I'm looking for the transfer value done a compound calculator on buying my commercial property I've got in my SAS and invest in the other, I think it was a hundred grand, and an eight, and an eight and a ten percent, ten percent reaches my SAS to um, the lifetime allowance for myself and my wife, the one point one million, whatever it is, within seventeen years. Mm. But then I turn fifty five, it's like already hits two million. I'm like, holy shit! That's why you want to move out of this country. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself to Dubai. <laughs> so what, when you say you, you obviously you were like, well, pro, you can't haven't seen past property, but it sounds like you haven't seen past residential property. Residential mm. property. So I'm now looking at SAS mm. and looking at commercial property because mm. I don't have a pension, right? So now, like you, I sort of realised that property wasn't the way to make wealth it was the way to build wealth mm-hmm. get a business get a yeah. trading business which is my letting agency mm-hmm. you know for you it's the auction company um, then that way I've acute started accumulating the profits within the business that's now going into the uh, SAS and that'll buy commercial yeah. uh, just to diversify a little bit and then there's all sorts of tax benefits commercial property is great as well I mean the tax benefits if you get a good you can get a, a TOGC it was a transfer of going concern so if you buy a VAT elected building yeah. so actually you don't have to pay the VAT 
on the acquisition. Yeah. So th there's a lot of tax benefits. Mm -hmm. they, they're specifically geared it that way because uh, they want people to. to I mean, own something like this, where we're sitting here, you know, like you, you subdivide it into different units and sublet it to, you know, you could have a total, you could have a property hub where you've got the letting agent, the estate agent, the mortgage advisor, the tax, you know, the under one roof. That that's it. All the. Um, like we're in a an office space and that's all subdivided into different offices I mean that's the thing for that building if you were to buy that as a residential even like the equivalent of buying an HMO it's like if you buy that building mm -hmm. and you've got four, five, six um, offices in it it's yeah. like they'll pay probably a higher rate than than a student will and yeah. as you say, you don't have to pay the, the ADS on acquisition of commercial property, which yeah. is, I mean... We should probably shout out Jerry Alexander for this idea, <laughs> shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so where are you at in, in the terms of uh, getting to your 100 properties then? How many are you at? About te well, 10%. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the compound of waste that I've taken over. This is, this is exactly yeah. it. I mean, there's, um, it's obviously taking um, a sidestep at the moment to start the business and generate more income yeah. from the business. Um, but, but once and that's that what starts, stalled me, well, by the way. Like, yeah. and you've been going what a year? Have you? Uh, yes, we opened in July. Right, I've been going like five years, and it's really had stalled me in terms of my own investing because I've just been so focused on. But, that, like but that's the thing. If you, if you build a business to a level, that then that that will come because then you've yeah. got that asset in itself. And right. At which point, then you can siphon off and put in yeah. to the the buy to lets. Yeah, so 100%. it's just it's it's one of those. If you just focus solely on the buy to lets, but then you weren't focused on the letting agency, would you have enough money to invest exactly. in the buy to lets, Nick? So in the work just now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, no, it's been, been a great chat. Um, thanks very much for joining us and coming on. Diverse, diversified chat. Um, well, this is it. I mean, as everybody is in property because they're investors at heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you said, it's like it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole and say property is the only thing that you can do. And it's not. It's all about using property effectively and then knowing that there other, is other asset classes that you mm -hmm. can go into. I mean, we didn't even touch on watches. I would love to talk to, talk about watches because, I mean, I, I think they are, they're a great I, investment. I want to talk about watches. What, <laughs> what is that watch just to get, the, get it on camera here? Like, the, this is, this is how it, much this, is that? cost this is this is a Bretland. this is a Bretland. so i bought this for my 30th um birthday what's uh, that worth what's it worth uh what did you buy it for oh, i what <laughs> there we go uh, I, th I think i paid i think it was about nine grand for this watch how much is it worth about eight grand Ooh. so so that's so this but this is the thing but i was bought on zero percent finance mm -hmm. over four years so at which point i wanted this watch and that's one of those things it's something that i can i've got I've enjoyed yeah. it for that that period of time. Fair enough, it's gone down a little bit of value, mm -hmm. but I've enjoyed it for that time. Yeah. It's like if you bought a car, mm -hmm. I mean, I I sold one of one of my um, watches effectively to as a emergency fund to pay my mortgage when I when I went out self-employed, and I made thirty percent on that. So it's one of those things. It depends on what you buy. But I bought this specifically. I wanted it. I'm it? not yeah. going to sell it. So <laughs> where can people reach out to you? And uh, what, what can you? How can you help people? So Instagram is John Property Auctioneer, and if you're looking to sell a property, I mean, even if you just want to find out how much it's, it's worth to sell, then um, PrimePropertyAuctions.co.uk and any tips that you want on growing a good beard as well get in touch with John you've, you've got you've got to look homeless for a while you grow it until you look homeless and then trim it back and you look gorgeous just like me <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for joining us really, Thanks, really, really appreciate it thank you very much for having me cheers